Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I'm so pleased to have as our in-studio guest this week, Mr. Kenneth Bland, who is the Lending Officer of New Jersey Community Capital, and his good friend, Mr. Elvani Poole. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. The last time, uh, Kenneth, that you were here, um, we got you and Brittany did a great job of giving us an overview of what New Jersey Community Capital was doing in the community. Thank you. For those who missed that great interview, which is on iTunes U under Leadership with Darrell Gunter on my podcast, could you give us a recap of, um, well, first of all, let's give them a recap of what your background is, and then we'll get uh, Mr. Mr. Poole's background, and then we'll jump into what New Jersey Community Capital does. Sure, sure, excellent, yeah. I, um, I went to uh, Rutgers uh, College and uh, Rutgers University, rather, and um, I studied political science and uh, economics, and um, I transitioned to a community bank where I focused on uh, the Community Reinvestment Act, which allowed me to, uh, you know, work with our charitable foundation, target nonprofits, where we looked to make a direct impact. You know, we didn't have the the most funds to to allocate, but what we did, uh, you know, like to do is, is make make up for it in sweat equity. And um, you know, have the grants that we were able to allocate uh, make a direct impact in those nonprofits. From there, I transitioned into SBA, where I was an SBA underwriter and worked with small business owners. And now I'm a lending officer at New Jersey Community Capital, and I lend across all the sectors from affordable housing projects, working with uh, new markets tax credits, charter schools, and small businesses alike. Cool, cool. Mr. Poole, welcome to the program. It's uh, it's good to be here. Um, let me start off. Uh, I went to Ramapo College. I graduated in 2014. I was originally a business marketing major. Then I switched to communications after my first year. I realized that really wasn't my thing. Um, while I was on campus, I got involved with uh, Black Student Union, uh, Brothers Making a Difference, and I think my last two years there, I would really say we had a great experience and a great outlook on to campus life and in terms of people of color, how we felt almost with our backs against the wall on campus, and it, it was a great part. It was great to be a part of that, excuse me. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, here at Seton Hall, I was part of the Black Student Union back oh, wow. in 7781. Oh, wow. yeah. uh, you guys might know Bob Sumner. Sure. Uh, Bob was uh, an officer in the Black Student Union. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So he's, he's, he's doing great things. I think he just posted... Uh, on Facebook, he's got a new show coming up. So. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, okay, wait, wait to hear good things. So, Absolutely. yeah, so it's always so good um, for us to be able to support each other. Absolutely. In, in that way. Oh, um, Anything else you'd like to share? No, no. Okay. We're good, yeah, from that. Okay, good. So, you know, this show is all about leadership. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really appreciated about New Jersey Community Capital, it's about helping people in communities to empower themselves. Exactly. Um, just today, I was talking to my brother in North Carolina, in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and they had a situation there that just occurred where someone purchased this um, apartment rental complex. Mm-hmm. It was all Section 8. Mm-hmm. The new owners mm-hmm. yeah. gave them notice that they all have to be moved out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said to my brother that on 60 Minutes this, some time ago, uh, there was a story about this gentleman in, who teaches chess, mm-hmm. 
and he was hired by a philanthropist to go to this little uh, town in Mississippi mm -hmm. and teach these kids to, to, to learn how to play chess. Mm -hmm. He gave them a 10 year contract. Oh, wow. And these children, in a matter of two years, became state champions and they ranked nationally. That's phenomenal. I've also heard stories about in the Appalachian area where they're actually teaching people how to code. Mm. So I said to my brother, because he's retired, he's retired, he, he just sold his McDonald's franchises to his son to keep the legacy going. Mm -hmm. But I said to my brother, imagine if you could take those folks mm -hmm. in that housing complex, give them a new place to live, mm -hmm. but also give them a center right. where they can learn how to code, mm -hmm. or they can learn a particular skill, sure. or like, Flying drones now—that's sure. that, a whole economy now. Absolutely, you know, empowering people. So that's why it's so important to have you gentlemen back on on the show. And so, what are the key things that you feel that New Jersey Community Capital are doing in 2017 that folks need to pay attention to? I think the most important thing to remember is, you know, in underserved communities, um, a comprehensive strategy is the most effective. You know, you can't solve one issue you know, without really trying to tackle them all. So I think what uh, New Jersey Community Capital has been successful in doing is, you know, making sure that those people have somewhere affordable to stay while there are small businesses in the community and schools that can, you know, provide educations, you know, to get, you know, kids to colleges in order to get them degrees and so on and so forth. So uh, with our mortgage platform, I'll start there. It's called Restart. And what we do is we bulk purchase mortgages from quasi-government entities, FHA, Fannie and Freddie, and uh, we modify those mortgages so that, you know, mortgages that are underwater or in foreclosure, um, those people can make payments and stay in those communities, you know, to avoid large levels of abandonment and things of that nature. Um, for our um, small business initiative, we look to lend in areas that we have uh, deployed other resources in. So uh, we don't usually do one-offs in terms of small business lending, but small business owners who live in communities that we've you know, done affordable housing projects and, and uh, charter school loans will we'll target those areas specifically. Um, usually we look for the small business owners who have tried to find uh, bank financing and the banks fund us specifically to assume more risk. So, you know, where other banks aren't, you know, comfortable, you know, allocating funds, we are, we have a specialty novelty type of lending that allows us to assume more risk for small business owners who, you know, uh, aren't able to secure conventional financing. Lastly, you know, we're uh, the number one CDFI, which stands for Community Development Financial Institution, lender uh, of charter schools in the state. So um, that's awesome. Community Achieve mm -hmm. and a lot of other North Star, which is, you know, uh, focused in Newark, you know, Phillips Academy, which I attended when I was a kid in Newark. We helped uh, finance a lot of those schools, a lot of those projects. And, you know, they keep coming in. So just to sum it up, I think the most important thing that New Jersey Community Capital has able has been able to do is to fund um, a comprehensive strategy in terms of community re revitalization. So. Uh, you know, in, in the state of New Jersey, we have a lot of different pockets that need leadership. Sure. sure. Um, I'm thinking about Camden, New Jersey. I'm thinking about my hometown, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking about Irvington. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm starting, I'm starting to see, like in Orange, in East Orange, where all of a sudden you got these, these complexes yes. that, that, that are beautiful, they're mm -hmm. designed very nicely. Mm -hmm. um, but how do we bring back the jobs 
so that those those new facilities can be uh, realized, if you will, and people are actually matriculating in and out of there. Sure, and and that's a difficult question. I think that. Um, one thing that, that helped was recently there was a Supreme Court decision in New Jersey where every county, it's either county or municipality, um, but don't quote me, they uh, were required to maintain a certain level of affordable homes in that region. So I think, you know, um, if you have the opportunity, if you look at, for example, Newark, there's been so much investment in Newark, you know, and I think that the planning and the zoning is, is immensely important. You know, if the planning and the zoning isn't orchestrated correctly, then you'll have, uh, um, you know, issues like you're seeing in Trenton where you have a lot of people that are working there but then leaving at night. And you have, you know, people that live there but don't have jobs there. So that balance is something that's key when you're looking into city planning, you know, having the balance of people who live in the city, but, you know, who actually have jobs in that city as well. So it's not, you know, completely packed from 9 to 5, and then 5 o'clock comes, and the com city is completely vacant. Uh, recently, uh, I was uh, uh, asked to join the advisory board of a startup called Gadget Software. Interesting. Okay. And they placed their business right in Newark. And they came from Boston. Interesting. And they chose Newark because of, they, they believe in, uh, what Mayor Baraka? I, I don't want to mispronounce. Roz Baraka. Roz Baraka mm -hmm. is is doing the infrastructure, mm -hmm. the transportation, mm -hmm. and just uh, recently, uh, they're bringing on interns mm -hmm. from all not just Newark but all over the area. Mm -hmm. And recently, um, their four interns that they had brought in 18 others to be evaluated, mm -hmm. and the interns are running the intern program. Oh wow! But they're teaching them how to code. Excellent. They're teaching them how to how to map out, mm -hmm. and uh, you know it's like when you teach someone how to fish, you know, yeah. he's got the pole. Exactly. You know, the, the person's going to eat on a regular basis. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. I like to highlight one of the points that you just made, um, which is uh, making sure that you have a, a, a sound transportation infrastructure. You know, there's no replacement for that. You know, access to, you know, the trains, access to highways. You know, if, if individuals have access to the city, that's a huge way to, you know, make sure that the economy is stimulated. And the price per square foot that he's paying for that property, mm. you can just imagine. can't touch it. Absolutely. And it's and it's a beautiful space. It's right next to um, W, uh, uh, is it BGO? Does yes, it? yep. Yep. I always transpose the letters um, <laughs> right across from Military Park, as, as you know. And then, of course, uh, Whole Foods just opened up. You got a Nike store across yes, the street. Yes, yep. So you see some great things happening in Newark. And, um, you know, I think that you you look at North Jersey, you have uh, the, the proximity to the city. So you see major developments in like, Jersey City and, um, and Newark as well. South Jersey, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. You know, I've, I was in Philadelphia recently, and there's some major uh, investment and, and rebuilding going on in, in Philadelphia. You know, it's taking a little longer to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that, um, you know, once, once the Philadelphia infrastructure, um, you know, moves along, I think that's going to help reinvigorate Atlantic Cities and, and Camdens course. as well. So yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. But it, but it comes down to leadership. What, what can we as... Um, registered voters do to hold our elected officials accountable um, you want to touch this one or? yeah uh, i'll step in um i don't know if we can really rely on the elected officials i believe it's more on the people just to take a step back from the financial standpoint 
I feel as if people need to start reaching out for these jobs. Like you said, there's a lot of financial development and everything going on, but at the same time, if no one's qualified to do these jobs, then we're at a, a standstill here, mm -hmm. and that's where the problem lies. You can't expect, you know, somebody with a GED or a high school education to, you know, want to, like, they want to make that kind of money, but they're not taking the steps that are needed to be taken to get to that point. And that's where you kind of bring gentrification in because I feel like a lot of these urban areas want to bring in more people, regardless of color, regardless of age, race, anything like that. And, um, yeah, and, and I'll add to that and say that, you know, uh, in addition to, um, and to your, to your points, I think that it is important to pay attention to who makes the decision for your region, your councilman, you know, because a lot of people pay attention to national politics, presidential politics, but, you know, who's on your board of education? You know, who's your councilman? Who's your representative? You know, who's your, who's your senator? You know? It's very important. Um, local, local elections are just as important, if not, if not more. They direct you, they directly impact your life. You know, it takes a while for the issues that, you know, the um, Congress votes on, the president's executive orders to, to touch you directly. But if you want to see a, a, a quick change in your life, the best thing you can do is make sure that you're involved in, in the local government. And, you know, you made a, another good point, which is, you know, do for yourself. You know, there's a bunch of nonprofit organizations in your community that you can go in and uh, volunteer for. Right. You know, there's different um, advocacy groups that you can get involved with. You know, there's ways to start initiatives on your own. If you right. see an issue in your community, figure out how to go and help out. Well, you know, I want to point out that every town has a library. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all these libraries have computers, mm -hmm. which you can access for free. There's an organization called Coursera.org mm -hmm. where you can actually take courses for free. Wow. Now, if you want to get the certificate, it costs you $75. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, uh, that is a way that someone can say, you know what, I have a knack for this. Let me dive into that topic and I'll get all these certificates. Mm -hmm. yeah. Next thing you know, People are hiring you for what you know and what you can do. Mm -hmm. And that's a gem. You know, this is the age of information. And, um, you know, these type of uh, uh, platforms and classes have never been so accessible to everyone universally. Right. Right. You know, so, um, you know, while having a degree is phenomenal, you know, I'm not taking anything away of course. from having a degree. That's always the game plan. But, you know, everyone knows it's no secret how expensive school is nowadays. So when you have access to a computer, you can teach yourself. And, you know, it really starts from the bottom, which is why I like to highlight uh, an organization called the New Brunswick Education Foundation. Oh, I love that. That mm -hmm. has really focused on explaining, expanding um, the amount of, um, the amount of uh, uh, scholarships that they give out on an annual basis. I started out with $7,000 about eight years ago. And uh, just this past year, they were able to allocate $70,000 wow. to uh, students in New Brunswick. They have a, a, a phenomenal robotics program, a phenomenal STEM program. And, um, and, and STEM mm -hmm, is? Is uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, we are here with two community leaders, uh, Mr. Kenneth Bland, who's a lending officer with New Jersey Community Capital, and his good friend, Mr. Elvani so, Elvani, uh, um, you were talking about people taking initiative and taking responsibility yes. with that, and I and I and I totally agree with that. 
Um, but what about our, our local pastors and, and the local leaders? Uh, well, what type of responsibility do they have to, to serve the community? I think they have one of the biggest, I think they're up there with the politicians and the, the leaders of the, the county and the you know municipality or whatever mm -hmm. you know area you're in. I think their major responsibility would be to reach out to the young people because mm -hmm. that's where it starts all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you can't build a found structure without hitting the ground first and that's where you got to reach. You know the young people have their minds and their hearts and their interests in some sometimes dark places and I think it's on the parents as well as the community leaders like the pastor to jump in and you know step in and say hey you know let me show you a different way to do this yep yep and uh, I'd add to that I'd say that um, you know it's 2017 and uh, especially in New Jersey you know people aren't religious as they have been historically and I think it's always a challenge for the pastors to find a way to uh, you know take back the communities and and have that uh, that voice that they had in the 1960s when you know they were more ubiquitous and you see you know uh, a pastor on every corner and he had the ear of the community a lot of those communities have been split up you know but I think it's important to um, to to create a platform where you don't necessarily have to be a religious individual to respect the initiative and the movement that the church is doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So if the church has food drives, if the church has clothing drives, you know, different um, adopt-a-family programs that they run uh, during the holidays, mm -hmm. these are things that whether you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, whatever, you know, religion, this is something that everyone can get behind across the board. And I think that that type of message from the pastors where, you know, they're not necessarily trying to, you know, uh, put religion in your life, but just trying to get everyone involved in things that are universal universal across all boards, you know, is an important message. Well, you know, I can recall as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a young boy in Atlantic City, uh, we had a grocery store, mm -hmm. and uh, my father passed when I was uh, 12, and times were, times were, times were hard, you know, yeah. and the store, the store shelves were a little empty, you know, yeah. and it was, and it was a Christmas that, um, you know, I knew it, it was just going to be slim. Mm -hmm. But there was the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Frank, mm -hmm. Mr. Frank Moore, he took care of me. Mm -hmm. He gave me uh, a football. He gave me a, uh, some, a couple of other items. Mm -hmm. made, you know, made, made, made my holiday. Yep. And so when you think about, you, know, you talk about adopt a family, mm -hmm. you never know when just a little gesture on your part goes such a long way with your, your, your fellow human being. Absolutely. I mean, look at you for an example. You know, you uh, grew up to be a successful individual and you have someone who who helped you out. You know, I'm sure it was, you know, 30 plus years ago and you remember them by name. Oh, know? absolutely. And that's absolutely. that's uh, that just shows you right there how important and uh, integral that is. In, uh, so, Kenneth, to a young man mm -hmm. who's right now, let's say, 15 years old, <laughs> um, father's not around. Right. Um, you know, dealing with all the social media, mm -hmm. uh, trying to determine where do I find my place mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. what, what advice do you give them? Well, you know, I can uh, speak from the, uh, the the perspective of a young African American male, and um, what I can say is this: uh, you know, there's always uh, an easy way. You know, there's always an easy route to take. Um, but I would say that the most important thing is to find a mentor and find a mentor who's doing something positive. 
because you know there's a lot of negativity out there and you know it comes across as really cool and you know the thing is that lifestyle can only lead you into one direction you know and it's a finite period of time that you'll be able to be involved with that but if you get involved with the community you get involved with something positive you find a positive mentor then not only will that mentor break down a lot of barriers for you in terms of you know giving you advice and how to avoid obstacles and, and things of that nature but you'll look back you know and you'll feel great that you made that choice because you'll see a lot of your friends doing uh, one thing and you'll see where that leads them but the you know the best advice that I could give is to find a mentor that's doing something positive because you know that's what I did and um, you know I haven't regretted a day in my life. Mm-hmm. Elvani, what advice would you would you give uh, a young man? To piggyback off uh, Kenneth, I would say just just keep the love in your heart. I think the mentor is a great thing, and no matter. All right, let's go back to your point. Say you're 15 years old and maybe your father had passed or he had left. Whatever the case may be, I think. You have to keep the people in your life that are around close to you, and people don't value that enough these days. So, yeah, I, I really think that's important as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, we, we've, we've, we've talked about self-education. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a tough topic. Okay. Toxic people. Mm. Yes. And toxic environments. Mm-hmm. Got to get rid of them. Avani? Um, yeah, I live currently in Bayonne, right next to Jersey City. It's like a five-minute walk, and mm-hmm. I walk in, I walk out, and you just see the areas that just, they, they need somebody just there to, to help out, to point them in the right direction. And in terms of toxic people, you, you have to get them out of your life because they're either going to drag you down with them or put you in a place that it's hard to recover from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and to, you know, just echo that sentiment, I think that... Um, it's, it's of the utmost importance to, to realize that there's always someone that started further down than you that's made it up higher, mm-hmm. you know? So you, as bad as your day is, as bad as your life is, you know, as, as bad as your apartment, your neighborhood, there's always someone that started off worse off than you and turned it around. And that's the mentality that you need to have, you know, you're better for it, you know? If you have a, a steeper hill to climb, that, that doesn't, you know, make it impossible. That just makes you a better person for having that tenacity and making sure that you didn't give up when a lot of people would have. And uh, just uh, one other point that I would like to highlight is that, you know, there's a lot of things that you as an individual can do to help your community. You know, if you don't like something about your community, then go out and and, and fix something about it. If you see that everyone has, uh, you know, a a bad pair of shoes on, go start a shoe drive, you know, for for neighborhood kids. And, you know, there's always something that you can do to make your surrounding better. And I think that stems from having love in your heart, like you might have said. Love in your heart. That's a a very good point. Um, My stepdad, uh, deceased uh, Deacon Moore, um, (laughs) he was actually, um, when when my father was alive, Mm uh, Deacon Moore was a deacon in the church, mm-hmm. and uh, after my father passed, he became a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. Twenty years later, he and my mom ended up getting married. Oh that, wow, that was that was, that was funny. World. But he how he had a phrase which I love, and that phrase was, "When you're climbing the mountain of life, mm-hmm. it's the rough spots that give you something to hold on to." Exactly. And what exactly. I've learned mm-hmm. in my lifetime, and it, it's just an epiphany hit me at the age of fifty-seven, mm-hmm. is that when you're going through these experiences and they don't go your way, 
you're learning mm -hmm. so much more sure. versus of everything you walked through and everything was fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And every experience is a good experience mm -hmm. if you take the lesson from exactly. it. Exactly. That's that's so profound. You know, I don't think enough people realize that you learn ten times more in failure than you do in success. Absolutely. You know, as long as you are learning from the failure. So you can't look at the failure. It's you, not a failure. It's not personal. It's an experience. Right. That's a great way to put it. You know, you, you take what you learn from that experience and then you make sure that you don't repeat that same mistake. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. Um, yeah, I really like that uh, that saying. It uh, it, ring, it rings in me, and I'm only 25 years old, you know, and I've been through a few things, maybe not as much as you. you know. Well, we, we all have our relative uh, experiences, but the experiences exactly. make us who we are. Exactly. And we're still here breathing. Yeah. And yeah. smiling. Yep, yep. <laughs> Life is one continuum, and... You know, the obstacles build character. You know, Absolutely. if you never have to go through anything, you won't appreciate the success. You know? That's right. And that's the mindset to, con to continue to have. That's right. That's right. So uh, we're about to wrap up this interview. Uh, we have a couple minutes left. Um, what, what, what thoughts would you like to leave with folks on how to empower and grow their community? Well, you know, I think, um, you know, in my experience, I, I just uh, surveyed the community and wanted to, you know, find something that I was passionate about. And um, I think that when you survey your community and you find something that you're passionate about and it's something that the community is lacking, I think that's where your uh, your niche is. You know, you you find something that you that you want to get up and do it on a daily basis. And if it's something that the community is lacking, then you know, even better for you. But mm -hmm. the most important thing is to to make sure you're passionate about that. And um, you know, even if it's something the community already has, you'll add to it because you know it's something that you're doing wholeheartedly. Right, passion is very important. Elvani? Yeah, um, I'd say be a doer. Um, you have to step outside the trends and what everyone's doing and if you see a problem you have to spear it head on you know have good people around you you know i met this guy kenny a few months back he's a great great guy and um you know just like i said keep loving your heart i can't stress that enough i think i live by that almost i just i, I hate seeing people walk around with the faces that you think you can tell they had a rough day like no matter how bad my day is going i always try to keep somebody I keep a smile on somebody's face, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what's most important to me. You're like you're like a nice big teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Oh, and there's there's one thing I wanted to add um, in terms of community involvement. Um, uh, an important thing to uh, to remember is that when you're when you're looking to make a, a change in your community, you want to make sure that you involve the community because enough people <laughs> enough people don't yeah. you know they just go in and, and they try to make changes based on what they think. Instead of, you know, going even door to door in the community, you know, and, and getting uh, everyone's opinion so that it's an inclusive process and everyone has a say so it doesn't feel like you're, you know, just making decisions on your own. You know, not only will you involve the community and get the back end of the community, but you'll also get some phenomenal ideas as well. Absolutely. So that's one it's and, and, you know, including a community is essential. Yep, absolutely. It's, 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 it's just essential. Um, I, I tell you, uh, if, 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 uh, my, my wife's family's from Chicago, mm -hmm. and what I've been saying to uh, my family there is that 
Chicago's got to solve Chicago's problems. Sure. The neighborhoods sure. have got to solve the neighborhoods' problems yep. because they know mm-hmm. who's doing what, mm-hmm. and and they and 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 they got to they can solve that. Mm-hmm. Um, having the, having the National Guard to roll into Chicago mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Right, and that leads me to another point that I was thinking. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of enmity right now between uh, communities, minority communities, and, uh, and officers of the law right now. And I think what everyone needs to uh, remember is that everyone's an individual, everyone's a person at the end of the day. So you can't uh, generalize an entire group on either side. And I think there needs to be a, a, a mechanism, a formalized mechanism that has a, a platform for conversation between the police and the minority communities. That way, you know, you see an individual instead of a police officer. You see an individual instead of a, a criminal. Exactly. You know? so exactly. There needs to be an open dialogue there. There needs to be communication before there's an issue. That way, when there is an issue, there's already a dialogue. That's right. There, right? That's so right. I just wanted to stress that and, and to let everyone know that, you know, you don't paint a broad stroke and you look at everybody as an individual. I think it's important. Ovani, we're going to give you the last word. Give me the last word. Hmm. Okay. Um... <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, I'm just going to piggyback off of Kenneth then. Um, yeah, I, I love the idea of the, the medium between the police and the minority community as of lately. I'm pretty sure people have might seen these hashtags of, you know, the young African-American women missing. Yes. And it, yeah. it, it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, the, there's, there's nobody to blame for this. I think people need to start being more careful of who they surround themselves with and mm-hmm. who they, um, you know, just just be aware of your surroundings and stick together. Okay. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, that is well said. We're here with Mr. Kenneth Bland and Mr. Elvani Poole, two local community leaders coming on the show with leadership, to talk about leadership. And uh, that wraps it up for this week, and I want to thank our guests. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having thank us. Right. It was a pleasure. Great. Anytime you need us. All right. That wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and then streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend. But remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.